Summer Skate Studios behind the mask hockey shops present College Hockey West Live for August 7th, 2022. Today's scheduled guest, Fargo Force head coach Nick Oliver, assistant coach for Team USA at this week's Five Nations Cup. Behind the Mask College Hockey West Live is brought to you by Peterson Toyota. College graduate, member of the military, and you might be eligible for a special rebate or discount. See us at petersontoyota.com. Top Golf. Let us help you reimagine your next business meeting or team building event. See your regional center or go to topgolf.com. The NCHC and nchc.tv. Subscribe to nchc.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to behindthemask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Jets Pizza. Legendary Detroit-style square or New York-style thin crust. Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, whether it's Las Vegas or any of our other worldwide properties, an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. Metro by T-Mobile. Get 50% off or more when you add a line to a new or existing account. Liberty University. Play for something more. Faith, education, and hockey at liberty.edu. Buy Burrito Express. Six East Valley locations for fresh, fast, authentic Mexican food. M-Drive, natural support for men looking to increase energy, strength, and drive. Always free delivery at mdriveformen.com. Summer skates, whether our original red or new black shower shoes, show your game and style at summerskates.com. And by Drury Inns and Suites, travel happy again. Book your next day at druryhotels.com or at 1-800-DRURY-IN. College Hockey West Live from the Summer Skate Studios, presented by Behind the Mask, as a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans. A little early today on a Sunday. This is College Hockey West Live. Scott Strandy with you today from Denver, Colorado. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein, joining me from about 10 feet below sea level out on Long Island, New York. Paul, how are you this fabulous Sunday afternoon? Um, it's a lot early. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> stop it. We, uh, we've got a great guest coming on. We're going to have uh, Nick Oliver, the head coach from the Fargo Force, his former assistant coach at St. Cloud State University, and also currently coaching as an assistant with the Five Nations Cup down here in uh, Colorado Springs. In about two minutes, Nick's going to join us. So we're looking forward to that conversation. I'll give you the backstory, Paul, and I'll tell everybody in a minute. But uh, <laughs> uh, I knew Nick when Nick was about a year old. Two years old. I don't know. He was I'm sure he's going to be happy to hear that. <laughs> he was pretty young when I was uh, uh, covering hockey back in Minnesota and, and visiting with his dad, Scott Oliver, who's an icon in Minnesota college hockey. So um, it's been a long time. He's done a great job. He's moved up the ranks very quickly. Uh, he's a great hockey mind, and it'll be fun to have him on. Did you have to change a diaper? <laughs> I don't think I ever did that. <laughs> I'll just ask him. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think I ever had to do that. But okay. uh, we'll leave that part of the conversation out when Nick joins us. <laughs> uh, I, I, listen, I don't know. I mean, I, I I think I got him coming on right now. So let's get to it. Uh, right. Let me see if I can get him here. Hold on a minute. Ice Time Hockey West. This is Scott. How are you, Nick? 
Hey, doing well. How about you? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us on a Sunday afternoon in beautiful Colorado. That is where you're at, right? Out in Colorado Springs. I'm currently uh, just out back of our hotel looking at the mountains. So life, life is good this afternoon. I hear you. I was telling Paul uh, just before you came on that I think I met you for the first time when you were one. Uh, when I was uh, covering hockey in Minnesota and, and uh, doing a lot of work with your dad at uh, Kirkston and then uh, at uh, at Roseau. So uh, it's been a long time and you've certainly moved up the ranks, Nick. So congratulations on all of that and all of your success right now. Currently the head coach with the Fargo Force. Um, let's jump in right there, Nick. How's that new role? Well, I appreciate you saying that, Scott. And um, yeah, it's it's been been a lot of fun so far obviously a little bit of a fast and furious summer for for me and my wife and our uh, little one we got a five-month-old uh, little boy oh. thomas at home so uh juggling all of that has been has been fun and interesting all at the same time but um no i, I feel fortunate like i'm you know i'm excited about the opportunity um to be a head coach for the first time and, and do it in a place that you know i was fortunate enough to play and um in a place that i believe is um, one of the top, you know, junior organizations uh, in the USHL and in North America. Um, great support from the ownership and management group, and um, long history of success there. So I'm I'm fortunate to have that opportunity, and, and yeah, excited just to kind of get get the guys back in September and get to start working with them and, and start to build relationships with them. So it's it's been it's been a fun start so far. How did did this all come about between? Uh, coaching here with the uh, Five Nations Cup team, and 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 getting the job in Fargo, it, it almost seems like, and I don't know how it works. So basically, this is what I'm asking you: Was it a parallel timeline, and how did that all manage to work itself out without getting the lines crossed? Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I was fortunate to. I think back in March. Um, Someone from USA Hockey had reached out and asked if, if I'd be willing to be a part of the staff. And I said, absolutely, yes, and jumped on that opportunity. And that was still when I was with uh, with St. Cloud State as an assistant. Um, so I kind of had these, you know, three weeks of my summer uh, penciled out a little bit. And okay. then, you know, once our season wrapped up in, in, at St. Cloud and um, Fargo season wrapped up, they, they went through a, a coaching change there. And, um, yeah, they had reached out to me and asked if I had interest. And, and just in my conversations with them, it was, like I said, something I was really excited about. Um, just from a standpoint of, you know, I think as a first-time head coach, you want to be surrounded with really good people and know that you have, you know, really all the resources uh, for your players at your disposal. And um, I just think the setup in Fargo is great with, you know, the two ice sheets available and um, the facilities that they have. It's it's a really, really good development spot. So that's, that's what really piqued my interest and in, in kind of the timeline on uh, how all that played out. Nick, uh, we had uh, Chad Demers on, your good friend, and now your assistant coach. And uh, I asked him for some stories about you, but he wouldn't go there. <laughs> so, uh, that's, a good, uh, that's a good staff member. Yeah. He wasn't willing to, to throw me under the bus on anything. That's a good start. <laughs> but, but talk a little bit about the, uh, the pedigree within the organization, because um, we know that Matt Cullen, now a part owner, uh, Kerry Eads, uh, a longtime uh, GM and coach and player and 
Um, his legacy just lives on, whether it's in the motorhome or not. <laughs> and uh, just talk a little bit about how that is and how that makes your organization so successful. Yeah, like I mentioned, it's for me, I, I'm, I think, you know, uh, individually and just for, for the players that we're going to have, uh, we're just so fortunate to have the people that we do involved with the program. And, you know, starting with Matt and the ownership group and the experience that obviously Matt will bring um, on a management side, on a, on a hockey side and development side for our players. Um, I can't think of any better example for for our forwards to uh, to, to draw from and learn from than, than Matt, what he did with his career. Um, and so it's really good that he's um, giving back to that. And obviously to have someone like Kerry Eads as our general manager who's um, basically won at every level possible, whether it's Minnesota High School, the USHL, uh, NCAA. Um, he's got a ton of experience and a ton of wisdom and, and knows how to build teams and um, knows how to manage people. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, between Chad and myself and the rest of our staff, we're, we're stepping into a really good spot. And I think, like I said, it all kind of comes back to your players and wanting them to have, you know, the right people and the right um, resources around them to, to develop and be successful. And um, so it's going to be a ton of fun. We're going to, we're going to have a blast every day as a staff. I know that much uh, for a fact, we might not be perfect every day, but we're going to, we're going to get after it and have a lot of fun. So, so let me ask you this um, coming from St. Cloud state, you guys had a lot of success there recently. Brett Larson, I'm sure was uh, disappointed to lose you, but then on the same token, it's a nice, uh, notch in his coaching tree to watch you move on but um i talked to you when you're out of colorado college for uh, a few minutes last uh i guess last spring or this past spring maybe it's fall <laughs> i can't remember anymore but uh your thoughts on uh leaving st cloud and i'm guessing it was kind of bittersweet very bittersweet very bittersweet and that was that was the hardest part of it for me um as excited as i was about the opportunity in Fargo. The hardest part was was no doubt um, leaving, you know, leaving that program and our players, and, and leaving, you know, uh, Brett and, and the rest of the staff there. But um, you know, uh, they were so good through the whole process, and, and Brett was uh, so great with me, you know. Um, and, and he went through this uh, very similar situation when he was an assistant at Duluth the first time. He ended up going to Sioux City for a couple of years uh, to be a head coach there. So um, he gave me a lot of perspective and a lot of opinions. And um, in no way did I ever sense that um, anything, you know, he gave me was was self-serving in terms of um, his opinion and what he, he voiced. He truly wanted, you know, me to make the right decision. And, and that's how he treats our players too. So that that's cool. It's just who he is and, and why he's, and so successful and why he, he's going to continue to, you know, take that program um, and continue to make it one of the best in the nation. So, yeah, that was hard. It was hard, but um, obviously, I mean, you know, for me, I went to school there, played there, um, had a chance to coach there, uh, you know, met my wife at school there. So we had a, you know, a lot of uh, strong ties to that, that university and program. Um, but, you know, we're, we're excited. We're excited to be in Fargo now. And, um, you know, for me, I'm just fortunate to have worked with someone like Brett and um, people like Mike Gibbons and Dave Shyack and RJ Anga and just the people that I have you know was able to work with on a day-to-day -day basis there and just learn from. And I think that's, I'm excited to, you know, use what, what I've taken from them and, 
and hopefully put my own twist on it in Fargo. I know this is going to sound like a bit of a cliche, but it's got to be easier to go back to a place where you've been before and you, you kind of have a feel for the lay of the land and you're literally not starting from scratch. No? Absolutely. Absolutely it isn't. And I think for me, I was, I was so, you know, I was still so fortunate and hungry and motivated at St. Cloud State um, that it really would have, you know, for me, I wasn't looking to leave. And, and the only way I would leave is if I felt really comfortable in, in the organization and the situation I was going to be walking into. And Fargo checked all of those boxes for me. And to your point, you know, being a player there and, and being there for, you know, 2008 to 2011, the first three years that Fargo brought the, the team back um, and just, you know, being able to play for Dean Blaze and, and Steve Johnson and Jason Herter um, and really be a part of those first few teams that um, kind of laid the foundation a little bit for where the program's taken itself now. And so, yeah, it's, it is cool. And, and, a little bit full circle that way, and, and I'm excited just to, like I said, be back there and put my own stamp on it. And, um, but more or less, just try to continue the continue the strong tradition that the program already has. Nick, I'm going to tell you a quick story. I was just up at the uh, USA NJEC for uh, four days, and on my way back, I stopped in St. Louis to visit with Rick Zombo. And uh, as I was sitting in his office, he was. <laughs> he was trying to make a phone call and find Dean Blaze. And he said, I don't know what's going on with Blazer. He said, I haven't been able to find him in five years. <laughs> so that's pretty typical Dean Blazer, isn't it? Once he was out, he was out. Yeah, and he, he was such <laughs> a fun coach to play for and, and a demanding coach. And you, you learned a lot playing for someone like that. Um, but no, I think, you know, for him, I get to play against him when I was at St. Cloud and he was at UNO and he took one of their, their teams to a Frozen Four. And um, But from what I've heard, I think he's he's enjoying retirement. You know, we have a place up, up in northern Minnesota, um, a lake place up on, on Rainy, I believe. And uh, I think they spent some time down south, maybe Arizona. And then I think they spent a lot of time, so they got uh, family down in Lakeville, Minnesota. So I think they're... Um, having fun being grandparents too, and um, spending time with family. So I think he's he's keeping busy and enjoying it, from from my understanding. All right, let me let me follow that up too. As I look on your uh, your website with the Fargo Force, and I look at the number of guys that you sent to uh, the twenty twenty two NHL development camp, um, that's just incredible. And and the USHL has gotten really really good, hasn't it? It's a really good league, and it's, uh, you know, the, the depth, and I think it starts with, you know, the just American-born players in USA Hockey and just the continued, like, depth and growth of American hockey players, um, and I think a lot of that's funneling to the USHL, and I think that's what's made that league just so so competitive, right? You see very few teams that, that win it back-to-back years because there's so much parity. And there's good coaching. There's really good players. And so, yeah, for me, it's cool to, to see that table that we're looking at, too. When that came out, I went, holy smokes. You know, we've, uh, we've got a pretty good setup in Fargo. And, and people that have come before, you know, myself have done a really good job of developing those players. Uh, and that's I think that's our goal. And that's my goal is to keep it, you know, make it a destination place where um, kids want to come play. They want to come and develop. Uh, they know they're going to get pushed. They know they're going to get... 
uh, taken care of the right way. And, and for me, I think that's going to foster, you know, that continued development and growth. And, and at the end of the day, hopefully that, you know, relates into winning some hockey games too. So uh, to piggyback on, on the, the development camps and, and I know we have a limited amount of time, but um, obviously we get a lot, we get news about the, the NJEC that Scott was at. Um, the, the, the question I have for you is when did you get a chance? Did you, did they have some sort of camp for you guys to evaluate or was this kind of a, uh, let's watch some video and let's figure this out this way. Yeah. So we, so I ended up, uh, accepting the job just a few days before the USHL draft this year. Okay. Uh, it's a little bit hectic. So I obviously carry and scouting staff, Andrew Majera, our, our director of scouting, um, they did a great job having a, having a really good draft list prepared. Um, and obviously for me coming from St. Cloud, I had, you know, a number of players that I had watched during the year too, that I had some familiarity with. So um, I was able to have a little bit of input on that, but it was kind of a whirlwind and, and our drafts were early May. And then I believe our, our main camp was early June. So we had all of our returning players back, um, all of our draft picks, and then, you know, a select number of invited players too back in June to, to go through camp. And um, so that was fun for me. It was kind of my first time meeting a lot of those returning players and meeting a lot of the people in the organization. So, yeah, I was able to be up there for, for camp for about seven days, and, um, spend some time. So had had a little bit of a look at our guys. But um, as you guys know, it's, it's uh, <laughs> a small spot in June. And, yep. you know, you're never really sure where you're at until you get the guys back in September and, you know, the live bullets start flying, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, it'll be fun to get those guys back and kind of really see where we're at. And, and what about the team you're going to be coaching this week with the uh, with the Five Nations Cup? How much of a chance did you get to see these guys before you actually selected the team or whoever did? Yeah, so it was actually a really fun process to be involved with. So USA Hockey runs their player development camps uh, through the months of June and July out in Buffalo, uh, 15, 16, 17 levels. So this age group was the uh, 16 camp. And so we were out there for a week um, at the end of June. And so we got a chance to watch uh, watch this whole birth year, which is 06, 2006 birth years. Um, so they're all 16 year old players, but we got to watch them for a week and evaluate them and, uh, kind of trim that down to an all-star game out there and pick a roster from that. So yeah, it was a really fun process to be involved with and really getting to watch those kids quite a bit and, and try to put together what we felt was, you know, the best roster that we could come out here and have success at this, uh, five nations cup. Nick, when I was, uh, and I'll be down there this week, a couple, three days to, uh, to watch things, but. When I was uh, just seeing some stuff on uh, on social media and I was watching some of the teams arrive, I think it was Slovakia and Germany, and I'm going like, they're getting off the bus. And I'm going like, these guys are 15, 16 years old. They, they look like 22-year-olds. Have the, the guys gotten bigger at, at younger ages or was I just uh, imagining things? You're spot on. So we're, we're all staying. All five teams are at the same hotel. So when you're walking to the lobby, you're seeing these other these other teams, and that was my first thought as well. I went, "Holy smokes, <laughs> these kids are big! Like there's uh, there's some size on these teams." So hopefully, uh, 
hopefully we've done a good job picking our group. And I think just with how we tried to build and construct this team was with, you know, uh, a lot of speed, a lot of skill. Uh, we have size, but I wouldn't say we're probably going to be the biggest team here. Um, but hopefully we we can work work enough to have the puck a lot and keep the puck and try to possess it and, and kind of use that as kind of the backbone of our, our team. Well, you guys have a, a kid at 16 years old, and I don't know how big the other teams are, but you got a kid that's 6'3", 213 pounds at, at 16 years old. Uh, with my limited knowledge of biology, he has another growth <laughs> spurt or two uh, to go here. Um, that's a little scary. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it'll be fun. And, and that's the cool part. I think we're, we're getting to work with these kids in a, in a really fun stage, like with where they're at. And none of these guys that are going to be on our group here are by any means finished products. So it's fun to work with them here and obviously try to have success at this tournament. But the cool part will be, you know, trying to looking back two, three, four years down the road and seeing where a lot of these kids will end up. And historically, you know, this team has produced quite a quite a few really good, you know, obviously NCAA players, but but also pros as well. So yeah, it's kind of cool just to get them for this small snapshot and hopefully, you know, be a small part of their uh, their journey, right, their path of where where hopefully they end up getting to with USA Hockey and future international tournaments and obviously success in, in uh, with wherever they end up in college and pro. All right, well, I got a quick story for you, Paul. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Scott. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Better make so it quick. My, <laughs> I am going to make it stop. Um, so the the question that I then this should be a these kids we the, the most of these kids have not committed or to to a, a college yet or have been um, invited to the NDDP. Yeah. So this so. The NCDP had their tryout, I think, back in March. And so they selected their 20 or 22 skaters, whatever their roster is. Um, so those players are not competing in this tournament. Um, so the okay. 16th festival we picked from um, was, was minus those, those NCDP players. So it's really a cool, I think it's a really good way of doing it for USA Hockey because um, obviously the kids at the NCDP are going to get a lot of exposure to international events. And this right. is a really good way to, you know, develop, you know, those next 20 players um, playing in an international event, getting them experience. Because the reality is some players on this team are, you know, in the course of the next one to two years are going to pass some of the kids that, that are at the NCDP. And that happens every year. So right. I think developing, you know, as many players as we can is good. And, and I think we had... I think August 1st would have been the, the first day that a lot of the guys on our team could, could receive offers okay. uh, from schools. And I think we had three three kids on the group commit on the first. And then I know, you know, the majority of the rest of them are still sorting through it. But I give those guys credit. I think most of them could just kind of uh, push it off until after this tournament's done. And then they can, you know, really have the time to focus and take some more visits and do that thing. So it'll be cool for them. There'll be a lot of people out here watching this week and a lot of really good exposure for, for these kids. Cool. Uh, Okay. So I got a two parter for you for my last ones, Nick. The first one is kind of a comment, but uh, the other night I was laying in bed and I looked at my Twitter feed and I had a new uh, friend request and it said, Aaron Broughton. 
that name rings a bell to you being a Rozo guy. Um, so, so, so I reached out, right. And I thought, is this the Aaron Broughton? <laughs> I, I sent a message back and he goes, Hey, no, I'm, I'm the cousin from Thief River Falls, that Aaron Broughton. And I've got some guys playing. So we had a little conversation on it. And then he goes, what, what are you doing now? And I told him what I was doing. I said, I'm going to be at the five nations tour. He goes, tournament. And he goes, wow, I can't believe it. He goes, one of my friends or one of my son's best friends, Caleb Heal, I think is how you pronounce the name. Um, yep. is a goaltender on that squad. So if you run into him, would you tell him the Broughton say hello? So <laughs> we had this conversation and, and it wasn't Aaron Broughton I thought I was talking to, but then I remembered, oh, there is a cousin named Aaron Broughton from Deep River Falls too. So um, it's pretty funny, but he's in Chaska now. So so that's a funny story from Northern Minnesota. Paul wouldn't get it because he can't figure out the map in Minnesota. But oh God, um, no. <laughs> but that's okay. Um, and the other thing I wanted to ask you this: uh, I had a chance, and I just put up on our, our YouTube channel about two hours worth of video and interviews I did from the NJEC. And uh, I told Nate Lehman, John Van Beesburg, all those guys that I thought this might have been the best group of sixty players ever brought together in uh, USA hockey history at one time at this age level. You've seen a lot of it. How good is this world junior team from what you've seen? Uh, I, I think they're going to be really good. Like I think, and I think you're on to, to a good point there, but you know, it goes back a little bit to what I mentioned earlier about just the depth of American hockey right now and the amount of talented good players that, that, we're producing and and I yeah going through those that the development camp roster um you're going through the rosters thinking gosh like who, who are they going to cut you know who are they going to get rid of because you can probably <laughs> put that puzzle piece together a lot of different ways and um you know obviously you know they have the mix of, of really high-end talent with you know Logan Cooley's of the world and players like that but um just top to bottom it's a it's a deep team so uh, yeah, I still think the World Juniors is it could be my favorite event in in hockey, um, and it's you know uh, such high skill level, such high uh, competitiveness. It's emotional hockey, and yeah, it's always fun to watch. So we're we're fortunate we get two tournaments this year, so that's uh, that's great for hockey fans get to watch watch uh, a couple tournaments. So no, I think that group will will have a chance to have you know good success out there. Nick, in case they ask you, and I don't know if they will or not, but if they ask you, you tell them, yes, we need to have this tournament in August every year so that it doesn't get mixed in with the NHL stuff and we can concentrate solely on this and go from there. So just in case they ask you. That's fair. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think they're uh, they're calling my cell to, to you know, take an uh, opinion on that, but I got to say the you know, kind of the traditional New Year's Eve, uh, Canada, U.S. game. That's hard to beat. You know. Yeah, but th- but really that game's but but that game is going to be intense and vicious and and all that other nonsense <laughs> anyway. So, I, what what better way to ramp up going into the next hockey season than having this thing in August every year? So, just in, like I said, just in case they ask you. Perfect. I'll uh, I'll keep that in mind. Nick, Nick, one more final quick story for you is. Uh, when I was talking to Matthew Nyes and doing the interview, I said, Matthew, why in the world are you coming back to college hockey? I think you'll like this. And uh, and he said, 
I'll tell you real quickly, he said, I, I talked to Brock Faber and I said, Brock, how come you're not turning pro? And he said, he said, I, I think Brock's the best college defenseman I've played with. And he said, Brock said, I'm not ready. And uh, Matthew looked at him and said, okay, I'll see you this fall at Minnesota because I'm not ready either then. Yep. yep. <laughs> and, and it's it's cool to see that. And it's refreshing in a lot of ways too because I think the, you know, uh, unfortunately it's turning into how quickly can I get somewhere versus, you know, uh, arriving when you're ready. And I, I just give those, you know, especially Brock, like he, we played against Minnesota last year he is he's legit um he's gonna play for a long time and so will so is nice um but i do think it's cool that that those guys have that perspective you know of uh arrive when you're ready and not not rushing that process through so um you know uh, coach monsko is going to be pretty fired up about those two coming <laughs> back this year that's uh you know and this is by no means taking anything away from him. I think we can all agree that um, better players definitely make you a better coach too. So that's uh, oh yeah, those are two nice uh, two nice pieces to have back down there in uh, Minneapolis this year for coach. Absolutely, Nick. Thanks so much for joining us and taking some day out of your busy schedule. Hopefully, I can run into you and shake your hand and uh, maybe buy you a drink or something while I get to uh, Colorado Springs this week. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, guys. I appreciate you having me on. And, and yeah, looking forward to being out here and um, enjoying this tournament this week. So thanks again for uh, for reaching out. Heads up. You got nice some thunderstorms coming your way, Nick. <laughs> They're telling me this evening you're going to get some good rain. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll, uh, we'll be in a rink, so that's a good thing. We, we yeah. got luck at 8 o'clock tonight, Mountain Time, for our first exhibition game. Nice. In, uh, Germany. Nice. So we'll... Uh, We'll be hunkered down. Hopefully, uh, yeah, starting the starting the process of of uh, winning this tournament. All right, go win that thing. Talk to you later, Nick. Thanks so Thanks, much. Thanks, Coach. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yep, absolutely, folks. That's Nick Oliver, the head coach of the Fargo Force and the assistant coach for uh, Team USA in the Five Nations Cup going on uh, just down the street from me in Colorado Springs. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. Paul and I will be back to. Uh, Talk some more college hockey with you in just about three minutes. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you, wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. Behind the mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. 
point is that just because you were fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you were always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. any hockey player in the desert southwest and they'll all tell you the same thing we love going to the rink and sandals now you can show off your game in style with summer skates officially licensed summer skates are comfortable washable and can be designed to show off your fandom bill kessel your guy big william carlson fan or is austin matthews the man have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite nhl player or shout out your own game with your own number Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Text message line at 303-943-3772. College Hockey West Live is coming to you from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. Indeed it is. College Hockey West Live coming at you a little early today, but for good reason. As we just said, the head coach from uh, the Fargo Force and an assistant coach with the Five Nations Cup Team USA uh, Nick Oliver joined us. Scott Strandy with you in Denver, Colorado today. My co-host is always Paul Hornstein out on Long Island, New York. Paul, you know the drill by now. Uh, I heard something. You heard something. What did you hear from Nick Oliver? Well, you know, this is you hear you kind of hear the whirlwind in his voice. Boy, you know, for sure. Having to having to do all of this in, in such a short period of time between um trying to get himself set up for his you know his new full-time gig and and trying to do this uh five nations cup thing for usa hockey all at the same time um and oh just for kicks we'll throw in having a five-month-old uh so (laughs) (laughs) um you know that's that's a heavy load and um I'm I ho- I'm sure that when this Five Nations Cup thing is over, um, there's going to be a little extra money for babysitting and a couple of nights out uh, for for Mrs. Nick and uh, <laughs> Mrs. Nick. <laughs> um, you know, uh, because she's probably doing most of this. Is we know that that's what happens with coaches, and uh, you know, so we'll go from there. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I, I thought a couple things were really interesting. He was impressed. I think he was impressed uh, with the size of these players. Uh, it, it's phenomenal, Paul. I'm telling you, I just can't wait to get down here now that I've seen the World Juniors, uh, the guys under 20, um, and now see guys that are 16 because I don't think I'm going to see a lot of difference in size. Well, I don't know. I you might see a little bit, but uh, you know, uh, one of the goalies. 
six three two oh nine at sixteen. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you know, and like I said, once that again, that would be Thatcher Bernstein, by the way. <laughs> right. And there's they have one, uh, shall we say, power forward uh, at five eight, two hundred and one pounds. <laughs> I mean, that, holy smokes! Th- that will be a that will be pardon the pun a force to move. Um, yeah, I mean for, for Team USA, so they get underway tonight, as he mentioned, uh, which is why we did it early today because right. they're doing an exhibition with Germany at Ed Robeson Arena tonight. Um, they're taking this seriously. They, they want to win this thing. Well, I would hope so. I mean, their defense is not small. I mean, we mentioned the one player size of their defenseman, but you know, most of the other defensemen, 180, 180, 180, uh, 165, 165, you know, at, at 16 and, you know, uh, wow. Okay. So, um, it's not like the forwards are small, but you know, if you're going to have size, you want to make sure you have it on defense too. And they have it. Yeah. And they, uh, as a, as a, a difference to uh, the world junior team, they're pretty balanced right and left. There's a few more lefties, but mostly right or left on defense. Well, I guess not. <laughs> I guess it's two and four, but um, I, I guess it really doesn't matter anymore. Does it Paul? I, I don't know. I, I have to see it. You know, we we've talked about it and I'm, I'm sure people are sick of hearing it. But, you know, maybe, like I said, that's clearly changing. I mean, it hasn't changed at the NHL level. But it very well could be the fact that that's the the difference in the skill level. Where at the NHL level, you have to move the puck just that much faster. So uh, having or forcing a guy to play on his offside, unless he's uber talented, just might not be worth the, the... the talent level difference, but at least at this level, we're, we're seeing it matter less and less. Yeah, true. Okay, so Five Nations gets underway, as I said, um, officially on the 9th, so Tuesday. Uh, they'll play until the 13th and crown a champion. Uh, it's a round robin, so everybody plays everybody. Um, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, the teams are very, very strong and very competitive from every country from what I've gathered on just my short research. So I'm looking forward to seeing them. I'll be down there on, I think, the 10th, 11th, and the 13th. Um, well, it to... seems to, it seems to definitely be a little bit more um, balanced. I mean, for the most part, at the beginning, the, the U.S. has, you know, was, was dominant. Uh, but they're not winning as much as they have. So... Um, you know that is definitely a, a a a thing, and usually when they lose, it usually is near the end because, uh, you know, as as the website says, the record is forty five two one and eight. So yeah. they're usually losing in the, they're not usually losing too many preliminary games. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so once again, we'll recap it quickly. It's USA Germany. Switzerland, Slovakia, Czechia uh, are the uh, the teams participating in the Five Nations. Again, at Ed Robeson Arena, there are still tickets available. You can still get in to, uh, to witness it. Um, these are uh, the best 15- and 16-year-olds um, in, uh, in the world, pretty much all on, uh, on one ice sheet right yep. here in Colorado. So if you're in Colorado, 
uh, get down there, take advantage of it. If nothing else, at least enjoy uh, the beautiful Ed Robeson Arena. Yeah, well, that's, a, that's a good thing too, right? You get a chance to see that. So. <laughs> Can't beat that. How no. long will it be, Paul, until we get one at the Multipurpose Arena in Arizona? Because that's got to be on the horizon at some point. Um, well, officially, was it October 15th? Or October, whatever that Friday is in that weekend. I, oh, I yeah. Mean, until, no, I'm talking about until we get a major international type event oh, like oh, this. Oh, 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 that well, I don't got to be coming, right? I mean, that's a perfect location uh, for a destination for people. Arizona's a great oh, spot think. to get to. 5,000 people in an arena. Um, man, I mean, I, I got a feel it's coming down the road at some point. You would think, especially if, you know, going to be uh, i don't know if they would do it uh in december because i don't know if you'd be able to play like an actual world general the, the building is big enough for that but something no. will come eventually yeah i i'm thinking more of like a, a development camp of some sort It'll uh, happen or a five nations or something like that uh that's not overwhelming but but at least would put um what i'm calling the taj mahal of college hockey in the west on the map uh, even more because uh, once you start bringing USA events there, that, that starts to change your uh, your direction, if It'll you will. Or, yeah, I think it will. Okay, uh, I, I hate talking about bad news, and I certainly don't want to end the show on bad news. So let's get it out of the way right now because, okay. as you brought up to me, we have to discuss this because it's a major uh, concern in college hockey, ma- major incident in college hockey, but. Um, I'm sure you've looked at that report in more detail than me, uh, but the Michigan report came out. It's been around for quite some time, right? Four or five yeah, months. It, it, it um, definitely has been. Um, but it was acted on now. If you want to call it that. Yeah, yeah it I was. It was acted well, on. Let's get it out of the way. But that's so because about something good at the end. Right. Because I mean, that was, I mean, it, it, it was acted on because basically the publicity got to be too bad if they didn't. Yeah, and we're talking about the... Uh, uh, all right, the firing of Mel Pearson. Yes. Based on the report that came out from the independent investigator from that was requested by uh, an anonymous person at the time. Uh, we now know who that is. And it's, you know, the fact that uh, it was a Michigan alum and an NHL veteran um, probably added more weight to it. Okay. Um, I mean, honestly, Michigan, you should be ashamed of yourself. And, And I don't know why teams and schools think that it's better to, to, to dig your heels in. And I realize that we have a country of short attention spans. But this is ridiculous. Why the guy wasn't fired when this thing came out? Well, I mean, some of the things you read were, uh, well, I, I, it may have happened, but I, don't, I didn't know, or I wasn't aware, or I don't recall. When you, enough with those answers. What do you mean you don't recall? Somebody tells you that somebody's harassing your staff members and you don't remember? Stop it. That's just ridiculous. And the fact of the matter is, the athletic director has to take a hit here too. 
because he was the one trying to dig their heels. We, we, we questioned this when the season ended and he wasn't either let go or given a contract extension. He obviously wasn't given the contract extension because they didn't know how this was going to play out. And as much as those things get rubber stamped sometimes, somebody obviously said, hey, wait a second, what are we doing here? Why are we gonna why are we gonna give this guy a contract extension when we have this, this, and this going on and this being reported and this guy did nothing about it? And by the way, um that's not to mention that the uh, that this all ties back to uh misconduct by their late athletic trainer who was also uh, investigated by the same unit and the school had to settle with the victims for over 40 million dollars you don't get to have the benefit of the doubt at that point okay yeah it's a and 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 i'll you know and i'll take you off the hook because you have to deal with these people face to face eventually i probably will too but the fact of the matter is when he bagged out of that game against Western Michigan, he should have been fired. Just for that alone. <laughs> well, I know he got fired in our poll because you removed him from the poll for a week or two as, yeah, as so. our form of suspension. But um, here, here's my whole thought of it, Paul. And, and you know my feelings on bad news. I, I just don't want to talk about bad news. I, I know that's a terrible thing. And in this industry, um, if you're a media person, you got to cover it too. But um Here's the thing. It, it all starts at the top, right? Uh, you got to have solid leadership from your, your president of your university, your athletic director, down to your head coach, and not only solid leadership, but accountability. And I think that's where this goes at the very core. Um, there was no accountability. Nobody was held responsible for what's going on. If you see something, uh, and we've seen this before, Paul. We've seen it in, in college uh, football. Um, you know, I don't even need to give you details about some of the places that have had college football issues, yeah, but um, just... for for it to keep happening, why why don't people understand? Why don't they feel? I mean, especially in the day of social media and and camera phones and everything like that, all this stuff is going to get recorded if it's if it's deemed inappropriate, and people are going to have it. I mean, uh, you know, it happens it happens everywhere. I mean, right or wrong. People are, are doing stuff that um, never happened in the 80s. So if you grew up in the area of the 80s, you, you've got to you've got to change your culture. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. And like I said, the athletic director is responsible for this, too. Well, okay. yeah, it goes all the way up to the president. because well, the president. But here's the deal. If the athletic director is digging his heels in uh, and wants a contract extension and the board and the president know otherwise then they need to take accountability too. And I think maybe they finally did by terminating well, I'm, this contract. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it this way. And and my guess is, and everybody I talk to, when I say it is like, yeah, you're probably right. There was clearly a big money booster who was wielding his checkbook and said, no, I don't want this guy fired. I love him and he needs to stay. Because it's the only explanation. It's the only explanation. Because otherwise you're setting yourself up for some major lawsuits, which are probably going to happen anyway. 
Yeah, of course. So, yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, we've got uh, about 12 minutes left to, uh, to wrap things up. I want to talk about the world juniors a little bit more because um, the, the feature that I did came out today, or at least part one is out that. so far. Part one? Uh, yeah, we got two parts because it oh, ended wow. up being two hours. <laughs> well, I was going to say the first part was about 40 minutes of two parts. Holy smokes. Yeah, but it's, it's uh, what I consider, and I'm going to pat myself on the back and say. No, you um, never do that. It, it took a lot of work, and I have so many people to thank for giving me the opportunity to visit with them. But, um, man, it, I, I was able to go so in-depth with, with these guys. I mean, you know, nine, ten minutes with a with a coach and a gm and uh five plus minutes with almost every player um it, it was really insightful exciting fun i hope that i did justice to uh just how good this uh world junior team is they played two exhibitions coach lehman told me that uh he really needed to see his team play another country right. well he's got that now he's got a win yeah, and a yeah. loss um, so before we go any deeper, your thoughts on just the exhibition, Paul, and, and what you saw on paper. I know you couldn't see any of the games because they weren't broadcast, but um, what you saw on paper as far as who did what, any surprises, anything that you're going like, I wasn't expecting that. Really, I mean, honestly, if anything happens in these games, and, and the U.S. lost the game, they outshot Finland. But they lost Badly. to them in, uh, by about 15 shots. Yeah. Um, I am surprised. Uh, the, the the biggest thing I would say in terms of 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 things that I noticed and, and things that uh, uh, that I didn't. Uh, I thought uh, Caden and Barico would get more playing time, but he only played about half a game. Hey, can I interject something on that one right now? Yeah. Um, from what I gathered at being at USA Hockey, and this is my my gathering of information. It's not reporting. They were looking for the backup. Yes, they uh, they pretty much knew that Caden was going to take the number one spot. He'd already earned that in most people's mind, but they wanted to see what they had in the others. The okay. other thing I think was uh, just like Nate Lehman told me. Um, they, they were tired of playing against themselves and they couldn't evaluate themselves. So I, I expected that first game to kind of go that way because I thought maybe they're just going to have to find an adjustment period. And maybe that's one exhibition game. And clearly something went right. The second exhibition game, cause they played really well. Well, once again, they were heavy. They, 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 they outshot Switzerland two to one. Um, the thing you like to see is that all kinds of different players got on the score sheet. Yeah. So uh, that's what you like to see at this point. And, you know, uh, we'll see if they keep the lines the same. Um, we know that they have to make or they're supposed to make a couple of more cuts before they play on Tuesday, which, by the way, you know, usually the NHL network only has will have either a U.S. game on or, or, or Canada. They have all three games on Tuesday. On yeah. Tuesday. So is this becoming um, a big deal or what? Um, well, no, my point is once again, that's not happening in December. Play uh, yeah. it in August. <laughs> well, you're, you're, you've got your bandwagon, but, um, I don't believe you're going to win that battle. 
Uh, I have time. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> okay, so right now I'm looking at the roster currently, and I see only 25 names, which means that they've made their cuts. Okay. Um, I'm trying to figure out who the cuts were. Um, I believe one is Nazer. Okay. Not Mazer, Colorado fans. Don't panic. Not Carter Mazer, but Nazer. Frank and, Nazer. Uh, Frank Nazer. And yeah. I don't see right out front the uh, the second name that's not on the roster any longer. I was assuming, oh, you know who? It's a defenseman. Um, Probably. Uh, yeah, it was a defenseman. Um, he scored two goals in the, in the final exhibition game. I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. Um, but, uh, but anyway, he's the second one that's been removed from the roster. So they are down to their 25. That does include who I think will be, um, one of the top three draft picks in next year's NHL draft and Charlie Strammel, the kid yeah. from, uh, the U S national under 18 team in Rosemont, Minnesota. Um, he, he's just been a force. I will also tell people that, um, Colorado people, you have Hunter McCown on this team. Hunter made it, and uh, I don't want to say that there was a chance that he might not, but uh, boy, oh boy, um, what what a feather in the cap of uh, Chris Mayotte and what he's doing at Colorado College. Uh, I will also say that uh, there are um, a couple of pioneers in Sean Barons and uh, Carter Mazer on this roster. Um, obviously, you know of the, uh, the big guns. Thomas Bordalo, Logan Cooley, Matthew Nyes. Right. And, and shocking, uh, shocks of all shocks, uh, Brock Faber is a captain. Tom, uh, Well, maybe it was a little bit of a shock. Maybe I, it could have been Bordalo or Landon Slagger, but we knew those guys were getting the letters. Uh, maybe Tyler Clevin might have gotten one, but they decided to go with, with Bordalo and Landon Slagger as assistants. Uh, assistant captains but these are all guys that were on the 21 world junior team so you knew what had to come from that group of four yeah and i'm just going to reiterate this fact again i i asked <laughs> i asked coach layman i asked coach mayotte i asked john van beesbrook i said um where's the strength lie in this team and none of them could really answer it um because i think they're pretty solid all the way across i think if there's one area and I hate to put this on one person, but he's a goaltender and he's got broad shoulders. Caden Emberico is the guy that's going to make the difference because he uh, he's the backstop. John Van Beesbrook, as you'll hear if you go listen to the uh, the interview, he said uh, we've won many times with not a first round draft pick as a goaltender. I it always comes down to that, though. I mean, guys like that. Yeah, I know, but yeah, we yeah, but we know saying, it always comes down to that, right? In the end, uh, right. But, but he's saying like. We, we can win this thing with a, a good collegiate goal. Oh, sure. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Listen, I, I, I get that too. Um, the, the point, you know, um, you know, at some point a guy's got to make his reputation, right? So this is that opportunity to do that. Um, sometimes it's just head and shoulders above, you know, when, when you got Spencer Knight, there all you have to know is that there are not a lot of goalies taken in the first round of the NHL draft, and there haven't been for a long, long time. And he was taken in the top 10. So you know that 
or maybe it was 18, I don't know, somewhere in the first round, in the middle of the first round or the upper first round. But you know when a guy, when a goalie's taken at that level, you know how much or where he is regarded or the, the, the evaluations. Um, most goalies are not even, I don't I have to look to see what the second round is. But like I said, we know most goalies don't go in the first round. Okay, let me get this right. It's Aiden um, Hershuk, who is the, the defenseman that was uh, the last, one of the last two um, cut from the team, along with Frank Nazer, the uh, the forward. Both of those guys, I believe, I'm going to double check here, but um, I know Nazer is available for the 22. He's, he's an old probably boy. are. Yeah, and the other one, and uh, Aiden is a uh, is an 03, so. Um, maybe he's not, but yeah, it, it, it's close. But um, it, when you look at these rosters that they've thrown together, these lines, uh, I, I think it's worth mentioning. You tell me, Paul, I'm going to read the first, well, I'll read them all to you. And you tell me who you're going to stack up to stop. Uh, Landon Slager, Thomas Borlo, Carter Mazur, Matthew Nyes, Logan Cooley, Matt Coronado, Sasha Pastyvov, uh, Hunter McCown and Frank Nazer. Well, Frank is obviously gone now. Red Savage, Charlie Strammel, Riley Duran, Brett Berard, Dominic James, Mackie Samuskevich. Um, who are you going to stop? Uh, how, I, how are you going to find? How are you going to find somebody to capitalize on that group? Well, uh, we obviously know the U.S. team much better than we know the other teams because a lot of these players we follow on a on a, on a, on, a, on, a, on a daily basis. Um, but that's what we're going to find out. Right. Um, I'm sure that people are looking at the Canadian team as always, um, and looking at the various, uh, you know, the, 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 the teams from the various schools, you know, I mean, um, that, that are in the same, in the same, you know, there's who's going to stop these guys? Who's going to stop those guys? Um, you you know that 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 Sweden is going to be good. You know, Finland's going to be good. You know, the Czechs are, are going to be good. You know, obviously Canada. So I mean, this is uh, the best thing about this tournament is it gets more and more competitive every year. So uh, I'm sure there are people saying, well, who's going to stop these guys and who's going to stop those guys? Um, so. Uh, how about Mr. Bedard? Who's going to stop him? Oh, <laughs> Lord. Let, let me give you the oh, defensive geez. pairings as we've seen him in the uh, exhibitions. White Kaiser, Sean Behrens, Tyler Clevin, Ian Moore, Jacob Truscott, Brock Faber, and Jack Peart. Um those are the seven defensemen that will be remaining on this roster. Um, <laughs> I've seen them all play, I think. In, probably in person. Have, yeah. And uh, I just, I don't know where you find a weak link in, in that defensive core because you know what I think of Sean Barron's, and we all know what Tyler Clevin's like. And Ian Moore, uh, to me, was one of the best defensemen in camp. Uh, and Wyatt Kaiser at, at UMD uh, is another. Solid player. And I haven't even talked about Brock Faber or Jack Peart. Holy cow. Um, yeah, well. I mean, I don't know where you find a weak link. And uh, like I said in the in the beginning, 
Um, Caden Emberico is, is the guy that can really make a name for himself in this one. And I know his coach, Chris Mayotte, is uh, doing everything in his power to, uh, to make sure that he's ready and will be ready for this. Um, the other thing I thought was cool today, Paul, it's not on the World Junior part of it, but I saw the logo come out today for the Frozen Four in Tampa Bay. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that, but nice. On Twitter. So the nice. Frozen Four is getting ready uh, nice. for Tampa Bay. Uh, nice. Yeah, I think that's cool. Um, anything else we got to get in before we say goodnight? Well, just, or good you know, just as just, it may be. Just quickly, and you know, just so people know, the U.S. plays Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday for preliminary round games. Tuesday and Thursday nights, as long as well as Sunday nights, are ten o'clock Eastern. And Saturday yeah. is an afternoon game at two o'clock. Let me try to so, figure that out. Ten o'clock Eastern. What time is that? Right. Mom? Okay. Eight o'clock mountain. Okay. I got it. Yes. Got it. Got okay. It. So, um, you know, so we'll be, we'll, we'll be able to catch most of those games. I got to worry about the Sunday night game, but, um, you know, next week, but we'll see. Cause I'll be in Albany. So yeah. Big week for you. So big week for Charlie. Yeah. Well, on uh, getting started with that college career. Um, I don't even know <laughs> at this point. Um, <laughs> It just means you're old, but we all knew that. I already knew that. That's not telling me anything. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, right. our thanks to uh, to Nick Oliver, the head coach of the Fargo Force and the assistant coach with the uh, Team USA Five Nations Cup team. Uh, I will see Nick and his team a couple of times, at least this week, maybe three, maybe. Um, just to see how good they're doing as I – ventured down uh, I-25 to Colorado Springs and uh, ventured into that beautiful Head Ropes and Arena. Uh, I, I love day. going there. I just love going there because it's I'm a sure great place do. to hang out. So, sure um, One more final plug for uh, if you go to our uh, YouTube channel, um, Ice Time, how is it now? Ice Time Hockey SW. Is it uh, still? I believe so. I believe it is still that on the YouTube. Okay. So uh, get there and check it out. Uh, I will tweet out some some links to it as well um, to let people know the first part is up and ready to go. Uh, the second part should be up by the end of the day today. And, um, you know, it's a great chance to uh, hear from the, the the horse's mouth, if you will, from Team nice. USC and the World Juniors. Nice. Nice. All right. Take it away. All right, from the Summer Skate Studios, Behind the Masks College Hockey West Live on the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network, brought to you by Burrito Express. Homemade taste, takeout speed, six East Valley locations. Go to BurritoExpress.com to find the one near you. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three Valley locations or go to BehindTheMask.com. It's Jesse Ray's Barbecue. That in Las Vegas, the best in barbecue. And one Las more Vegas thing. Style. One more thing on that. I'm not, I'm not done yet. Yeah, I know. At, one at more all thing. Le- wait, wait, wait. At all <laughs> Legion Stadium events and at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard uh, and, behind the Mandalay Bay. And, and go ahead. You can, I don't have the address. You probably do. I don't have the address in front of me, but opening tomorrow, the new location in Henderson. Right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, hopefully they'll get us that. Steal the thunder. You know well, me. you weren't stealing it. I just figured you had the <laughs> the 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 information because I don't. You know me. I get everything after everybody else. So 
uh, by the NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV. Catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Jury, Su- Jury Inns and Suites, now an official Disney World hotel. Book your stay now for travel starting this October at DruryHotels.com. Metro by T-Mobile. Get exclusive offers by becoming part of T-Mobile Tuesdays when you switch to Metro by T-Mobile. Top Golf. Play some of the world's most iconic golf courses without packing a suitcase. Find out how. See your local Top Golf Center or go to TopGolf.com. Liberty University. Over 700 programs of study to help you impact your community on and off the ice. Strengthen your faith at our state-of-the-art campus. See us at Liberty.edu. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Worldwide, it's where the action is, in the resort or in town. College Hockey West Live, presented by Behind the Mask, and all of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and available for download at the iTunes Store, Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts from. Tune in to ITHSW Podcasts, all one word, to subscribe. Behind the Masks, College Hockey West Live, and all of our weekly podcasts are a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. One more big thank you to Nick Oliver, the head coach from the Fargo Force, and the assistant coach with the Team USA Five Nations Cup team uh, for taking some time out and joining us. I know his schedule is crazy busy. Uh, him and I text a couple of times to figure out when the best time would be. And we appreciate everybody for tuning in in the middle of a Sunday afternoon. This will, of course, be back up at 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time tonight for uh, normal. And, uh, of course, you can download it and listen to it anytime you'd like at ITHSW Podcasts. We'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemaker. De Niro, goodnight, everybody.